You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. We are a VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailer, and behind the scenes. And with me, as usual, are my partners in crime. Chris, are you ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Non-denominational holiday season around here, bro. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said Christmas. What's wrong with me? There's a war on it, guys. I am offended. Starbucks is behind it all. Anywho, Brad. Probably named Chris. Did they name you after Christmas because you like Christmas so much? My grandma named me. Okay. If you talk bad on her, I will burn your house down. Jeez. Okay, let's not do that. Well, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, are you ready for the winter non-denominational season celebration? We're getting there. Getting there. It's coming together. We got the lights out. We got the booze isn't quite purchased yet, but it will be. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you, are you more of like a specialty beer guy during the holidays? You know, some of the artisanal, mm-hmm. the artisanal quads and the stouts and the, you know, whatever yeah. free. It isn't like, it isn't really yard beer season anymore. It's a good time for stouts. Yeah, my wife likes that. I have a little bitty mini fridge next to me and it's got like 12 different types of beer in it. And I'm like, you're just taking a rip of my stuff because I don't, I don't really like them that much, you know? And then it takes her forever to drink them. So they're just taking up time, taking up space. I love you. And I'm going to spend my life with you. But you keep your shit out of my beer fridge. Exactly. I've got LaCroix in there, damn it. Get out of my way. Anywho, Chris, why don't you tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Uh, we got an Instagram. It's Analog Jones TOF. We have a Facebook group, Analog Jones Temple of Film, and you can uh, email all of your uh, non-denominational holiday light displays to Stephen at analogjonestof at gmail.com. I would very much appreciate that. I like looking at other people's work because I do the bare minimum with lights because I don't like to get up on a roof. Yeah, year round, man. Yeah. No, exactly. I don't like to blow the leaves off the roof. I don't like to in the in the spring when all the sticks and everything come down from the thunderstorms. Nah, uh-uh, I don't want to fall. I do it sparingly. Hey, Govi came out with these year round lights that you can put up that you can accent your house anytime. Can I change the light colors? Yeah, they're LED. Should look cool. Into all right. I could do it once and then hopefully avoid death once. Anywho, Chris, if these guys and girls cannot read, what is our only December movie that we're doing this year? Because we are taking a break because we've been doing too many of these damn episodes. Uh, We are watching 1984's Gremlins. Ooh, spooky. Spooky stuff here. What are your for movies? 1984. Yeah, what else came out in 84? See Beverly Hills Cop. You got Ghostbusters. What a year. No one was born then, so forget nope. that year. Am I right? Nope. Some no assholes that we know. Eighty <laughs> five is where it's at, though, bud. We would we really should have an episode one year and, and just or one year, uh, one time about which year had the best movies, like as a whole. 
Because I know I've heard 87, I've heard 84, I've heard 99. There's a lot of them. That'd be a fun fight. Like force, it'd be like a debate. We, I would force all of us to take one year, and then we'd have to debate why. I think I'd, I'd probably be in the 2000s. Then I refuse to give you anything in the 2000s. <laughs> or, or like 96 <laughs> or whatever. No, I think that would be, I think people would be really vested in that too. It'd be like when you have like a pizza bracket or a, you know, a best burger in town challenge. You know, people get really into that and get offended if you have a different taste in burgers or pizza. That's true. Pizza's a big one. There's a nasty yeah. fight in that all the time. I don't get it. Especially like Chicago. People get really into it. All right, Brad, why don't you, why don't you tell these people what this show is brought to us by? Okay, speaking of booze, we got this uh, this week's sponsor is the Gary Busey Christmas Tree Company, where Gary <laughs> will not only go out, chop down the tree himself, bring it to your house, he'll probably have sex with your wife once he gets there. Wow. And you'll like I it. Mean... <laughs> he'll make you watch. Don't, yeah. don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> oh, Gary Busey chopping down your tree with his teeth. That's exactly what would happen. He'd gnaw it like a beaver. How much wood could a Busey chop if a Busey could chop wood? There you go. All right. Why don't you bring in the quick facts, Brad? Okay. Quick facts directed by Joe Dante, who's also who did the howling and the burbs. Uh, he worked with some pretty awesome people there, produced by Michael Finnell. Executive producers Kathleen Cartman Kennedy. We got Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg. Those people have done some things. Uh, we got Chris Columbus as the writer of this. Uh, you might also have known him from seen his work in the Goonies, Home Alone, or Harry Potter series. So he has uh, quite the resume going. Distributed by Warner Brothers, released on June 8th, 1984. I believe that's the same day. I think either Ghostbusters or some other big movie was released that same day, too. I can't remember, but they were right neck and neck with them. Speaking of other movies this year, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I believe, came out in 84. Oh, that's right. It did. Yep. Quite a movie. The United States won the Olympics big time also in 1984. So There we go. So much information you're all learning this week. Budget, $11 million. We got a box office of $212.9 So, wow, that's a return. That's massive. That's Oh my gosh, that's like today spending, you know, around like 18 million and then making like 300 and something million. I think if you're like Steven Spielberg, too, like you're involved in this movie, then you also did Indiana Jones. Like you're just, I mean, Steven, he owned the summer that year. Yeah, he did. Looking at the ratings here, we've got Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 86% on the tomato meter and a 78% on the audience score. And I'm thinking the audience score is a little bit lower than you think because some parents were a little bit surprised at the level of scariness of the. The grandmas, they weren't quite expecting that. Oh, and it, it, it created the entire controversy of creating PG-13 because the parents are so pissed. I remember yeah, going I, up as a kid loving it. I yeah. forgot how gory it is until I watched it again. That kitchen scene's amazing. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, that is something. Yeah. All right, who's starring in this bad boy? Okay, we got Zach Galligan as Billy Peltzer, the shy artist, uh, bank teller, kind of our hero of the story. We'll talk about him later. Phoebe Cates as Kate Beringer, uh, hates Christmas, kind of <laughs> Billy's love interest. Hoyt Axton as Randall Reed Peltzer, Billy's father, failed inventor, but a tremendous spokesperson. The guy's got a very, very authoritative voice. You listen to that dude. Uh, we got Polly Holiday as Ruby Deagle. Kind of just an old Mr. Scrooge lady who owns a lot in that small town, hates that dog loves her cats. 
Francis Lee McCain as Lynn Pelter, a stay-at-home mom that goes Rambo on some gremlins. I would say Chuck Norris, but, you know, hey, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Judge Reinhold is Gerald Hopkins, works at the bank with Billy, and he's only 23 and a VP because he wants to make sure you know that. <laughs> yeah. Winner. Dick Miller as Marty Murray Futterman, the veteran that likes to have a drink every once in a while. We'll also talk about him later. Corey Feldman is Pete Fountaine, a neighbor kid that spills water on Gizmo. And this is kind of Corey Feldman's beginning of his career, but this is, gives legitimacy to this as a classic 80s movie if Corey Feldman's in it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like the part of it. And this is the first time that Joe Dante and him worked together because uh, he came back for the burbs. Yeah, Corey Feldman just could not miss this time in his career. He was just mm-hmm. money and everything. Uh, Mushroom the dog is Barney. Mrs. Deagle makes multiple terroristic threats against this dog. Howie Mandel does the voice of Gizmo. Frank Welker does the voice of Stripe. And we have other vocal effects by Michael Winslow. Do you remember him from Police Academy? And mm-hmm. Peter Cullen, who is Optimus Prime. Wow, I didn't know uh, Peter Cullen and Michael Winslow did the voices for the Gremlins. There were multiple other, those are two that I recognize the most for like vocal effects in this movie, but I thought yeah. they were pretty amazing. Yeah, because I knew Frank Welker did Stripe, so that's pretty cool. What was that again, Chris? I didn't know Howie Mandel did Gizmo. Oh, really? That's never one? knew that. Yeah, awesome. See, learning so much today from the Gremlins podcast. It's not, well, you know, reviewing Gremlins. You guys know what I mean. All right, you guys uh, want to pop this tape in and talk about the trailers? Do that, yeah. All right, so I don't own the VHS on this, so Chris does, and uh, it's a, the Warner Brothers release. And the first one is this Warner Brothers Halloween collection with Beetlejuice, Goonies, and so on. I think the witches are in it. I have talked about this on another movie, and I can't remember which way in the past. I've seen this like little promo. I like those promos. I know that you guys have said that you don't necessarily like them, but I always enjoy them. See, this one I like. This one's fun. All those movies are solid. What I don't like is like when they're like TriStar's collection from 50 years ago. And you're like, I don't care. I just don't care. I just like the feel of them. Even when it's like shitty movies, I don't want to watch. I just. It's maybe it's nostalgia that just comes back. It's 100 percent nostalgia. <laughs> then I'm like, I like these. <laughs> yeah. uh, the second one is The King and I now on video. I have never seen this. Yeah, that's a remake of a 1950s movie, I believe. Um, if that was released today, that would trigger some people. It's not very good. I've never liked The King and I. Yeah, I remember. Didn't they make another one? Like somewhere yeah. in the 2000s, too? Yeah, another live action one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. crap. Uh, the second one is uh, Shiloh 2. It's a dog movie. And I saw that it was based like on a book. And I'm like, Bleh. Yeah, I watched that when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you know, certain age, you watch whatever your parents rent. First off, yeah, you can't train it. That's bull crap because you can't train a beagle to do anything besides like eat its own crap. And then hey, he, he's adorable, though. I mean, Scott Wilson was on. That's what struck out. You know, rent, uh, stood out to me also uh, from Walking Dead and like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was exactly that was the only actor I knew in the entire trailer. Well, I knew Shiloh. From the, the previous movie. Oh, it's the same dog? I don't, I don't remember. Shiloh Booth? Is Shiloh Booth in his? He actually is a great method actor. Uh, Shiloh Booth does play the dog in this when he was a kid. It's amazing. <laughs> he had Scooby-Doo and the witch's ghost. 
I've seen this. Uh, Matt made me watch this at a Halloween. Well, it was a right after Halloween movie party, and he popped this one in. So I've seen it. It's fun. Exponentially scary, though. It's a ghost, a, a ghost of a witch. Yeah, that's gonna be really uh, scary. It's layered. It's a layered scare. All right, and then the last one was The Wizard of Oz, like when they remastered it in the late nineties. What the fuck is Oz and the the Great and Powerful? Well, I made a note here because The Wizard of Oz actually lost money when they released it the first time. Really? Yeah, I, I just did. read that tonight on the on the internet, and um, but they had to re-release it like ten years later for it to recoup all its money. No way. And I was like, well, Oz the Great and Powerful with James Franco is better. Is it what? What is it? It looks not good. It's like a prequel. It's it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> so you're Chris is always like Predator Two is better than Predator. <laughs> I know Predator Two. I mean Predator Two is awesome. We love it, but it's not better than one. You're crazy. You're crazy. I know you're and you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but <laughs> uh, let's watch the trailer to Gremlins. Let's pop this bad boy up. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift... <laughs> he ever got what is it no it's your new pet come on barney be a good dog my dad gave it to me but there are a few things to keep in mind if you expose it to the light you may hurt it if you get it wet it will multiply all that from water they got wet yeah plain water and most important no matter how much they beg never never let them eat after midnight because when they do they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. <laughs> Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. That trailer, I want to watch it again. And I just got done watching this. Ugh, movie's so good. I, I actually um so I didn't regularly watch this. I watched this with the commentary on uh, the DVD and uh, it's great to hear say Joe Dante was on there uh, the producer that they had on there, and the producer had some great stories and then the lead special effects guy and all three of them just was fantastic. Uh, just listening to him talk about all this stuff. The producer the entire time was like, oh, God, this was so hard. Oh, this cost so much money. Oh, the time we were just, it was terrible. And then the special effects guy was just like, oh man, this is the hardest movie I ever did because of the time period. We had no idea what we were doing. I can't believe we got that to work. And then Joe Dante's like, guys, 
let's not give away all the secrets. <laughs> let's not complain <laughs> the entire time. Well, I mean, the guys, regardless of whether they had a hard time getting it together, they worked really well together, obviously. Oh, yeah. I I mean, you had so much talent on this. I, I forgot reading uh, the guy who did the uh, special effects for this ended up starting his own company somewhere in the 90s and he worked on all kinds of stuff. So this was a massive movie that changed all of their careers. I, I wish Joe Dante could have gotten, you know, higher up in the echelon, but I, I feel like he started to get caught up making just movies that didn't quite hit like he thought like the burbs was the start of it you know but you know he that was during i think a writer's strike or something like that some type of strike so that's you know that movie had some difficulties and then small soldiers was awesome i love that he did that but yeah uh, i love the burbs i love small soldiers i know i think what ended up having i i heard him talk about it one time he's just like a lot of my movies ended up playing well on vhs and that was part of the problem because it was really hard to justify spending movies to stick them in the theater because all that mo- all that money was backdated, you know, so mm-hmm. they weren't seeing any of it. And he's like, it would make a lot of money for the company, but it wouldn't make it in the front part. So you didn't look as good as a director, which sucks. And I say one thing this guy can do well is he can cast exceptionally well. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's great. So, you know, explaining this film, I'll explain it and then we'll just talk about whatever scenes we want to. Uh, so you got Billy, who is an artist, works at a bank. Uh, is kind of a doesn't I don't know how to describe him. He's just kind of like floating through life. You know, he likes a girl who works at the uh, she doesn't work at the bank. She works at a bar, right? She's a bartender. She was a both, I think. Oh, she works at both. So she bartends at night and yeah. we end up finding For out free. That... <laughs> I hope. Oh, does she? That's, that's, right. what, he, yeah, that's what he's yelling at. Like, you should call in. I mean, it's not like he pays you. Ooh, rough. Uh, yeah, so he's, you know, trying. He's just working at a bank. And in the original script, there was a lot more about him trying to become an artist, which they do eventually show in the Gremlins 2, the sequel. But, you know, his dad is a failed inventor. He's out in Chinatown looking to sell things and find his son a Christmas gift, which I would love how you... I would love how to know how he affords all this stuff. But anyway, yeah, he's, he's definitely meeting a hooker and just the, the Christmas gift is the second, like the second reason he's there. <laughs> so he finds, uh, you know, a unique gift that he he doesn't steal. He pays the kid from the antique shop because the owner of the antique shop does not want to sell it. But he meets him out in the back alley, gives him some money, uh, which like, he my, probably... my uncle's crazy. We need the money. Yeah. And then he just takes home. It's a Mogwai. They name it Gizmo. The neighbor kid gets him wet. We create five new Mogwais and they're rambunctious. They end up tricking Billy. Four of them end up tricking Billy, getting fed after midnight, getting into these cocoons, which are gnarly looking, very much alien. Like they hatch. Mayhem ensues at the house and then eventually the town because they replicate. And uh, it's basically Billy and Kate trying to survive this, you know, a little bit of help with uh, what's your friend Murray. And it's just chaos at the end. And then it, they fight Spike, you know, the leader of it at the end in this little bitty mall. And it's fucking great. It's so simple. This movie's such a simple premise. And it's amazing how long a simple premise like this can last in people's, you know, like the imagination just from generation to generation. Because I mentioned this at work. 
you know, I, I try to get them to listen. None of them listen. But anyway, I mentioned this at work and they were like that. And these are like kids in their mid twenties. One kid was like, that movie's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, right. I like it that these young kids are getting more and more into these older, like eighties, nineties movies. Kind of like the college. And then I was watching shit from the seventies. I was like, Whoa, the seventies was crazy. <laughs> So, so was getting the kids from the twenties, their twenties, and uh, at work watching it. Uh, don't I've been told we are boring. Uh, so, oh, our podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe that age demographic isn't our our goal. Oh well, uh, no, I mean they just don't listen to podcasts. They're like podcasts. Right on the TikTok and the uh, in the Insta web app or whatever that <laughs> thing is. It is one hundred percent. The kids nowadays, a lot of them I talk to, they're like, yeah, podcasts suck. I just watch YouTube or, you know, whatever. They only want video. They can be watching video of people talking about the same stuff we are. But they won't listen to podcasts. Hardly any of them. Yeah, we yeah. have to put it on like a YouTube short or something where we're just like, I'm wacky and gizmo is crazy. A lot of people like long form YouTube, like those two hour documentaries that people deep dive into. Yeah, they'll just put it on in the background. I mean, we can go back to putting these videos up. That's fine. But we just never got many views and no one ever commented. But I mean, people were watching them. So maybe they're pissed off that we stopped. But I just got tired of uploading it, doing all the process for it. And, you know, Brad's got all of his drugs in the back. It, it's just not good. It's just not yeah, good. Even more yeah. now. <laughs> well, hell, there's even more illegal shit back there. They're not me. <laughs> And you're like loft that you're living in right now, according. Uh, Brad's got Bryce, a background yeah. of a totally real house behind him. Bryce's chateau up in mm -hmm. Aspen. Somebody's got to make the money around here. It ain't me. <laughs> you're, you're spending it on other things, important things. But let's talk about any of our favorite scenes. I've talked enough. Brad and Chris. Chris, go ahead and go first. Oh, I would like the pool scene. Like that lived, yes. that's lived in my head, that effect. I'm like, man, somebody has had to have got sick on the set when they did that. All that dry ice in the pool. Uh, what Chlorine pool? gas. Because I remember. When they, they throw the, the, was it Spike that they throw into the, the pool? Spike jumps he, in, the wa in the water. Strike. Yeah, he does a cannonball into it. Yeah, he just starts yeah. replicating. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, that's the best way to just, don't a bunch of them jump in? Just him. No, just, like, he was the only one left. They basically whittled it down to him, only him. Well, the one from oh, the school. You're talking was about the too. fountain, right? No. That was at the end. No, what spawns oh. all of them to swarm the town? What makes the thousands? Oh, yeah. And he goes, okay. they spawn the five. Right? Yeah, and they, they all the five. Out of yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah, now I remember. Sorry, I, right when you said that, I was like, wow, Chris went skipped right to the end of the fountain. No, I, <laughs> I think an issue with these movies that we really like that are old and we've seen a lot of is mm -hmm. you your brain glazes out of them for a bit sometimes. So you're like, I just watched it last night, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I watched it last night and I hadn't seen this for probably 20 some years or like, probably 25 years. So it was, there were parts that I didn't remember them being the way they were, you know, yeah. as a person 25 years older now. I'm a big gremlins two fan. So am I, I actually, yeah. There's part of me that wants to tell everyone the Gremlins 2 is better. Yeah, I, I think it's way more fun, especially when you're a child at that time. It is just insanity. 
because they poke fun at themselves. They're so self-aware of like how ridiculous this is, because when you go down the rules, which I put them in here and I wanted to make sure that we got it. So there's like three rules. When can you feed them again? Exactly. That's one of the funniest. Like like the light I get. Okay. Sunlight could kill them if they're exposed to it like vampires. Fine. How do they, We've heard that. How, how do they drink beer? That's water. I know. Yeah. That's another thing. Too. I'm always like, <laughs> how, how do they stay alive? There's water and food. So yeah. Cause like if they spill it a little bit out of their mouth, does that automatically start? Yeah. You know, is the inside they're... of their mouth fine, but their body isn't? And they're going around in snow. They're rolling around in the snow, and that's water, and that's not yeah. spawning new gremlins. So yeah, there's a lot of scientific inconsistencies going on here, but that's fine. It 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 works for the movie. Well, and they were joking about it in the commentary. They're like, the reason it took forever to get the sequel going because one, I don't think WB wanted to pay Joe Dante to do a second one, so they tried to get other directors in there, and you know that was kind of a problem because everyone's like concept they're like ah you're just doing the first one all over again we don't want that and then they said it got into the development hell and then finally they just got desperate and they're like joe come back can you do a sequel and he's like well okay but i don't want anyone telling me what i can or can't do i want full creative control i want control final cut like i mean just something that like most people would never get and they're like, fuck it, we're desperate, whatever. Have you have you seen the movie Die Hard? We're doing that with gremlins. Get rid of the Germans, yeah. we're putting gremlins in. <laughs> we're having one of the gremlins talk. They talked about that in the commentary, too, at the uh, end when Spike says something. Uh, I forget what he says. Does he actually he, say Gizmo's name? He, he's like, Gizmo, pow, pow. Yeah, and so that actually inspired them thinking, they're like, wouldn't it be hilarious if one of the gremlins talked? Now, I don't want to talk about Gremlins 2 too much, but I love how <laughs> yeah, he right, had that he had that thought process in his head for years. He's just like, man, when I make this second one and these assholes give me full creative control, I'm putting in a talking Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. A bunch of the Gremlins that are in 2 are in this one, or preludes of them during the bar scene. Yeah, well, that's basically the bar scene. They They talked about that. They're like, so certain parts of this movie were shot in chronological order. You know, they're like, they started here because they needed time to make more gremlins. So they started with the, the smaller ones at the beginning and then shooting the kitchen scene. And then they went on to the bar scene and then they went on to the, the, um, the theater scene, you know, like they, they were doing that. And then they're like, so slowly these gremlins get more ridiculous. <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, we just after a while, the puppeteers got a lot better. So we just started throwing gags and, you know, to see what they could get away with in the dailies, which they said almost everything they got away with, because a lot of the producers like or not producers, a lot of the people like the executives, the the big wigs and everything, they didn't understand the movie at all. They're just like, uh, just make a monster movie. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the movie. <laughs> like the concept of it because horror comedy wasn't a thing at the time no i mean evil dead and this seemed like it was it for a while because horror comedy just kind of wasn't working out for some people but it did with this one yeah i don't know if um you know nightmare on elm street was really gone into comedy realm at that point they had a little bit of comedy but it was more horror yeah it's like some of these horror movies that we think are comedies but it's like i got the first iterations weren't supposed to be it just kind of went into that as it evolved. Yeah. Brad, what's your favorite scene? Oh, man. I think it would be 
when that that kitchen scene that when, that's one I remember from as a kid where she's fighting them off. She puts the one in the blender, like <laughs> stabs the other one to death, puts the third one in the microwave, and then yeah, Billy it's comes in like the, the shitty orange juicer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Billy comes in, like decapitates the one, and it goes into the fire, and is like, Wah! they hang the dog. I always remember him hanging the dog or trying to. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a little sitting there. This was the producer, and he goes, "Well, you guys remember the when she stabs a gremlin? There's actually it's actually a lot worse in our original." And Joe Dante laughed. He goes, "Yeah, we went a little bit far there." And then he explained what they did. So she was supposed to stab the gremlin multiple times and then stab it over and over with other knives. And it was supposed to be a shot where you see the gremlin in the background with like six knives in it and they're like yeah they saw that daily and said absolutely not no that would have been so much better <laughs> is this before pg-13 is a thing at this time yeah. wasn't it so okay a lot of times they did this because originally the script was a lot darker and then as it like slowly get progressed they're like well let's actually you know introduce a little bit of comedy and then they're like well let's make this a little bit less so we could maybe get a bigger audience and so you had a bunch of guys in their like early 30s making this film. And you know, they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we, you know, we did this and that and everything like that? So I guess in the original script, the mom dies in the kitchen scene, and Gizmo actually turns into Spike, like the main leader, and then you know, kills a lot more people in the town. It's it's really fucked up. And Gizmo was never supposed to be a part of it. But the guy who created Gizmo brought it in front of the bigwigs in the marketing. And they're like, oh, you're oh, not killing that. You're not killing that off. No, because I think everybody in America had one of those dolls. I know we yeah. had several. Yeah. So that's what started it. And Spielberg was like, absolutely not. We do not kill this thing. He is our hero. You're going to rewrite the script. And then you're going to figure it out. And they're like, oh, fuck. We're all ready for a different yeah. movie. Spielberg comes in there and says, jump. You say how high. I mean, yeah. he's been working with Lucas and... <laughs> He, he yeah his word carries a lot of weight yeah it's amazing all right brad go ahead and go through your list let me go through there so i had a question when they say never feed after midnight i think gremlin 2 gets into this but what is the window on that that's, that's what we were saying earlier when can you do it again is yeah. it like their first day ever alive you feed them i mean that was a question i had as a seven-year-old when i watched this the first time i'm like what do they mean by that so always thinking like scientifically like that so i looked up what a mogwai was that's a in, tra in Chinese tradition, it's mogwai are certain demons which often inflict harm on humans. And I guess they have, this is the second most deadliest thing to come from China in the last since the 1980s. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything else from China that was created in a lab, probably brought over here on accident. But, uh huh. So, yeah, that, that town, that scene where they introduced the town, that's like just classic 80s filmmaking where they just kind of get you right into the story right away. Um, do you notice how like efficient that was? Just kind of introduce yeah. you to everybody. So you start off, the sheriff is like shaking down the tree farm salesman, like while the town priest is right there just looking on. And you, know, you probably shouldn't do that. Judge Reinhold plays Gerald, just a classic 80s douche. And we've got Mrs. Deagle comes in there. She's like this Karen Scrooge, just like fucking hate that woman. Basically, he's making terroristic threats towards uh, Billy's dog. We get those five new mogwai. Remember that when the water gets spilled on him, Gizmo is just there writhing in pain. You know, you don't know if he's even going to survive. And Billy's like, oh, just completely doesn't even fucking pay attention to him. Well, his <laughs> new animal, well, shit's like popping out of him. And, and Billy's like, isn't this fucking cool? And Gizmo, he might even die. You know, you never know. It's yeah, that's what I was thinking. For a reason. He's like, what, what are these? Are they living? And I was like, have you seen Gizmo? And his <laughs> yeah. back is just freaking out. 
Yeah. And so, okay. So then we go, I think it, later on, it's that night, Mr. Feinerman is closing down the bar and he's clearly a World War II veteran with PTSD that never got treated. Oh yeah, definitely. He's like, I'm going to go get wasted and drive my tractor home. And he's like, well, I'm just not going to drive my tractor home. And imagine him. I was like, imagine this dude with like Facebook today, the stuff he'd be posting. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good point. That would be pretty ridiculous. Damn foreign <laughs> piece of shit. I mean, I said we should have got a Zenith. It's like, isn't that foreign too? <laughs> I think everything's got foreign parts in it, at least any anymore. So what do we got? We got the next day, take that uh, gizmo to go see the science teacher at this high school. Billy just tortures fucking gizmo again, just puts water on him. And like gizmos again, like, and Billy doesn't give a shit, whatever. They pop out a new gremlin and all the new ones are like malevolent little bastards where gizmo is like so sweet and cuddly. And I've always wondered about that. Like they say feeding them is what turns them into gremlins. Like why the fuck were these guys assholes? Like why weren't they nice like gizmo? To begin with, because maybe they needed like, mean gremlins. <laughs> maybe they're like rat terriers. It takes them like ten years to become nice dogs. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. You just got to keep them in a cage until they get submissive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Gizmo is older. Maybe he was mischievous and an asshole when he was younger, and then it takes like a year or two, and then he becomes more. You know, like they became more tame. But he's really infantile. Like the other ones are smarter than him right off the bat. It seems. I'll go to but, Chinatown and start asking around, see if I yeah, can find but out why. He so might have been <laughs> kept in a cage in that shop for a decade, and these guys instantly were popped out with TV and snacks. It's true. Oh, yeah. And he does talk about later on at the end of the movie how Western culture is like ruining everything. So, <laughs> um, again, here's again another, another instance where Billy gives zero fucks about Gizmo and we come home and he like fights off all those other gremlins. Like Gizmo is the last thing he thinks about. Like after he helps his mom, he's, oh, Gizmo is here. Yeah, better go save him. Like lucky Gizmo's alive at that point. Then he goes back. Mr. Hansen gets taken out by that one gremlin and like he doesn't even help him. He just like leaves him there on the ground. It's like you can at least see if he's still alive. He's alive. Billy. He's in he's in two. <laughs> so he chases down the gremlins. They go into that YMCA. You know, we get that gremlin army. He goes and rushes off to the sheriff. The sheriff and his deputy are just getting wasted on Christmas night. And it's a good thing. Like, I wrote, good thing the sheriff and deputy are hammered when the town faces an existential crisis. Like, and the thing about that scene is, like, after they show Gizmo, the sheriff is like, oh, I 100% believe everything. But the deputy's like, whatever, gremlins, you psycho. The sheriff's <laughs> like, do you not see this thing? The best thing was the original line. The sheriff pulled up beside it and like someone was getting attacked by gremlins. And because they were drinking, it was supposed to him be he was supposed to be rolling up the window and he just goes, well, it's not my problem and drives off. But Spielberg <laughs> said, well, if he was a real sheriff, he wouldn't do that. So they had to take it out. And I'm like, no, that would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great. Oh, the bar scene, though, when they're like the flasher gremlin we got the gremlins just getting wasted and like strife just pulls out a gun and shoots that other gremlin for cheating <laughs> stripe shot first but then and we got the the sexy gremlin in there sitting on his shoulder we got yeah. the electric gremlin sticking their finger in the light socket <laughs> yeah, he's like playing with electricity getting cars to crash with each other oh yeah, yeah i was like these are like precursors to gremlin too mr fun that one takes the Mr. Futterman's um, tractor and like kills Mr. F I assume that it's implied that they kill Mr. Futterman and his wife if they don't, if you don't see him again after that. I don't know how many other people in the town died, but I'm sure it's not a small number. 
Um, another thing, when they all go to the theater, it's like, man, it's really easy, remarkably easy to sabotage an old building and like make it explode. Yeah, just turn on some gas, you know, set up like some paper, set it on fire, let it slowly go and boom. Then I had another another question from back when I was a kid. Also, like, what happens to transformed gremlins if they eat after midnight again? It's a good they get, question. They get even bigger. Oh, no, that would be awful. Eight-foot gremlins running down the street. That's really, that was like all the the notes I had. I was like, this movie had so much going on, and I was just loving it. I was just chewing, eating it up, just loving it. I mean, the the bar scene and the theater scene are great. That uh, The pool scenes just lived in my head forever. And I was like, I like the other ones. Yeah. They're full. Well, that one. Yeah, so the pool scene's going on. All those gremlins are about to come up. You know something bad's going on, because Billy knows what happens when you get water in those things. He is not in a hurry to get out of there, and he just kind of almost forgets Gizmo again. Yeah, and Gizmo at the end's like, "Thank you, Billy," and I was like, "For what?" <laughs> See, when I was a kid, my favorite part was, you know, like the Christmas Caroler Gremlins and the Gremlins in the bar drinking beer and everything like that. But when I got older, it easily became Phoebe's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Kate. Uh, Kate's story about why she hates Christmas. And oh, that is such she's such a Debbie yeah. Downer. It's so great. I know. I so, so I have it right here. I'll go ahead and talk about it. I just want to. This is the greatest. I fucking love it because the story behind how hard this was for Joe Dante to get it into the movie. But here you go. Let's go ahead and listen. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and mom were, were decorating the tree. Waiting for dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. His mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. The police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire, and that's when I noticed the smell. The firemen came and broke through the chimney top, and me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird, and instead they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. I laughed so hard at that. Yeah, I was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, that's a hilarious story. Remember earlier in the movie, too, she's like, over the holidays is when there's more suicides over the Christmas holiday than the other time of the year. Like, <laughs> So I get what happened was they put it in the film because they, you know, they just thought it was like a really dark, messed up story to put in this horror comedy. And the executives hated it. They're like, take it out of the movie. 
Uh, and then he's like, no, I'm not taking it out of the movie. This is like something that I, I really feel is important for this, you know, like, to explain what's wrong with her. Cause otherwise she has nothing to do with her character. She's just falling around Billy the whole time. This is her character. And we need to let the audience know that, which I would going on the side. Thank God they left it in, but no, this does not help the film at all. It's just hilarious. <laughs> and so I guess what happened was they went to Spielberg and they said, Hey, get him to take this out of here. Okay, we don't want it. So Spielberg went to Joe Dante and talked to him about it. And he's like, listen, Joe, this is your movie. If it's this important to you, I'll let you keep it in. And Joe was like, thank you. And but the executives weren't even happy then. They waited till like almost the final cut and they told Spielberg, we're taking this out. This is ridiculous. This doesn't belong in this film. And Spielberg's like, listen, he really believes in this. He's made a fantastic movie. Let's leave it in. Well, they still almost took it out by giving everyone who received it in a theater a note to splice out this scene. They were going to give them the exact time period they needed, and they were just going to remove it from everything they sent out to every theater. But I guess for some reason they ended up backing out of that plan. But I just think this is amazing that this scene made it into the film. And it's just like when I was in college and I rewatched this, I was like, holy fuck what is this this is the greatest scene ever and i would tell people about it all the time <laughs> yeah this is like this is like large marge from peewee just i love it when movies just break off on these tangents that make no sense at all and they just throw that weird shit in there so yeah. this was just right in that that sort of vein there again i think it's just some 30 year olds making a horror movie all having beers and joking around and they're like you know it'd be hilarious <laughs> if her dad died in the chimney and that's why she's such a downer. <laughs> she's like, I hate Christmas. <laughs> and then the second one, she starts to tell the story again and they cut her off and they, they stop her. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch Gremlins 2 again. I know. It's so good. Yeah, now, that one, I'm going to have to. That one I have the VHS of because I, I loved it. I've had that one for a long time. All right. So we've all went through our favorite scenes. Uh, I don't have any more trivia left. I, I went through it all. There's quite a bit. I mean, this is the same set for the town that they used in Back to the Future. Oh, OK. That looked very familiar then. OK. And uh, this movie was actually shot in summer. So it's all fake snow and everything like that. And uh, <laughs> the producer said he hired. Well, I don't know if he was specifically hired to do this, but before every shoot, he'd be like, remember, everyone. You're cold. It's cold out here. Go. <laughs> they start walking around with these coats on in the middle of summer. <laughs> Just sweating. <laughs> I don't I don't have any facts either. I only bring bummer facts to the table. And I just know this this film spawned Gremlins 2. It also uh, supposedly it was inspiration for movies like Ghoulies, Troll, Hobgoblins and Munchies. I don't know. That's just the Internet talking. But Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but. Buddy's wife said she was terrified of gremlins growing up because one of them comes out of the toilet. And I was like, I think you're thinking of ghoulies. It is 100% ghoulies. Yeah. You know, another thing about this movie, um, Joe Dante in a recent interview was pissed off at Lucasfilm because he believes that Baby Yoda was ripped off from Gizmo. Who gives um, a shit? Yeah. I mean. I can see why he'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's it's. I mean, there's so many little cute, adorable things in sci-fi or any any film. I don't I don't know. How much money did Gizmo make them? And they're not using it anymore. Who cares? 
Yeah, Gizmo was a sensation. It was like pop culture sensation. You made your money. You're in the zeitgeist forever. You know, I'm surprised we haven't had like a, Ruby, a reboot yet on this or a straight up, you know, sequel again because they've Gizmo tried marketing would be tremendous. And this is like you get Kathleen Kennedy involved and you could like she'd be like, put a woman in it, make her gay <laughs> and fucking lame. <laughs> I mean, it would it would make them negative money because uh, they probably they'd probably make this. This would be bad. Would they go horror? I mean, you'd have to change it. Like, I don't like all the new horror movies that are coming out, like Winnie the Pooh that we never watched. I guarantee you this is going to get redone, but they're going to end up making it a prequel. Because they're not going to be able to figure out what to do. They're like, let's just tell the original story of Gizmo. It's going to be boring as shit. Yeah, I was like, that's not interesting, but they're going to end up settling on that because they've had so many problems. Now, there is an animation, an animated series out on it now, I think. That's called like Gizmo or Gremlins, Gizmo, blah, blah, blah. If you guys look that up, I have. I remember seeing it on HBO and I haven't heard anyone talk about it. I think it was HBO. I thought there was a cartoon back in the day. I'm sure there was. I'm I'm surprised this didn't have more things attached to it, but they had plenty of video games. And the the Gremlins, the new batch video game is is awesome on NES, like an actual good adapted video game. That's something hard to come by. Yeah, especially in the NES uh, library. Ugh. IMDb says there's a Gremlins 3, but has no pictures oh. or anything. So I don't know. Gremlins animated series. Uh, Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. Oh, it came out this uh, this summer. So is it a movie? No, it's one season. Okay. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anyone even talk about it. Was it on Netflix or? No, HBO. HBO. It's, it's owned by Warner Brothers, so it's always going to come out. Okay. HBO. Oh, I'm sorry, Max. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, their app is trash. I'll say it again. Have, have it, you tried using it online? Yeah, it really TV? is. It, it pisses me off. Scrolling down, and then the screen moves faster than the box does. So then you can't even see what you're trying to select anymore. It it's sucks on my PS5. Because at night I want to watch it, you know, with my headphones on because I don't want my TV being loud as shit with two kids sleeping. And every time I like there's a lot of times I'll open it up and it won't do anything. It'll just sit there in that purple ass screen. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this so bad? If I didn't get it for free, I wouldn't be paying for it. (sighs) We're paying for it. But Gremlins 3, Donna Desmond came out in 2020 and Tim Heidecker is the star of it what? it's a it's a man in a gremlin suit uh, oh. with guns is it like a friend? <laughs> you is know tim heidecker friend? of uh tim and eric yeah he actually made something yeah it says he's the star the writer was nick lutzo and director is justin uh cipriani well and there's something here that says nick lutzo and mike foley are in it Gremlins 3, Curse of the Mogwai. Is that what you just said? No, this is Donna Desmond. Oh, look at this. Gremlins 3, Curse of the Mogwai, 2023, scheduled for December 2023. Obviously, that's not true. Curse of the Mogwai is a sequel of Gremlins 1984 and is written by Chris Columbus and Carl Ellsworth and uh, counts on Steven Spielberg as the executive producer. Clearly, this was written back in January, so none of this is coming. Who the fuck knows? I stopped paying attention to the the gremlin stuff they kept promising there's gremlins a christmas nightmare which is like a fan made it looks like 
Uh, looks fun. That Gremlins Recall, which looks pretty good, actually, came out in 2017. Hmm. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't know about. IMDb, crazy place. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know what would have worked? I'm just thinking, you know, what would have worked really good against these Gremlins that are tearing that town apart is like that. Remember Blade had that UV light? He would shine on vampires and like fry their skin and everything. Like that thing would just waste those Gremlins. Yeah. I can't find any more. Anyway, uh, we've talked enough about it. Do we recommend it? I Obviously. have a question for you guys first before we go to the recommendations. Yeah. Okay. So the real villain of this movie, is it Stripe? Is it Mrs. Deagle? Or is it Billy? I mean, it's got to be Stripe, but I, I hate that woman. I'm going to go with Corey Feldman getting the water on uh, uh, Gizmo to start with. Little dick. Yeah, he fucking <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> you guys know 100 i'm going with billy on this one because billy is a fucking moron who caused all his problems just for like let's give this guy this weaponized animal and like let him be completely irresponsible with it i mean that's that's why they chose that actor because that actor like i don't even know if he is playing dumb he just looks he kind of acts dumb i'm sorry <laughs> dude <laughs> you know then the, uh, the, it's over like all the mayhem and carnage has taken place that people have died and the town's like in really bad shape and they're just like, oh, let's all hug for Christmas to give the gremlin <laughs> back to give the gizmo back to the nice, uh, the nice man here. How the hell does that old Chinese man find their house? Oh, he gave him the card, didn't he? We gave him his card. Yeah, that's did. right. OK, ah, him being a salesman actually uh, is the reason that they got it back. Anyway, this movie's awesome. We all recommend it. Oh, yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. If you're one of the zero young kids who listen to us because we're boring, go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's amazing. Take your take your kids to it as long as they're seven years or older, too. They'll love it. <laughs> seven years or older. I love how you choose that one. You <laughs> choose that number. Anyway, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our Gremlins slash Christmas wing of the museum. It's a, a wing of one and it deserves it. Eventually we'll review Gremlins too. But anyway, right now it's it's like a seasonal wing. Uh, I'll let uh, flipping the coin. Chris, you go first. I'm just going to do the pool scene. I like yeah. that a lot. It's awesome. Yeah, that's worthy. Definitely worthy. How about you, Brad? I'm going Mushroom the dog. That is a good boy right there. I love that dog. That dog is so good at like expressing it. Like he just looks terrified of the the gremlins for real, but he also is just like very curious. He's just a great movie dog. Uh, I'm actually so I was going to put the Santa Claus thing, but since we listened to it, uh, I'll actually go with the teacher's death. I always loved that as a kid. When he's just like, oh, I'm going to feed the little gremlin, the the little Snickers or whatever he's got. And, he's, <laughs> and then he just comes alive and fucking kills him. Uh, so there's a funny story to that, too. So I guess in the background, you can see that he's got like one syringe stuck in somewhere. And is, is that his butt? Mm -hmm. So initially, it was a lot worse than that. Is the paramedic was supposed to come in and flip his body and he was supposed to be just filled with syringes from the top of his head all the way down to his feet and they told them absolutely not no why <laughs> excessive violence is humorous 
Well, I'm like, it's funny because I think they kept like telling them no on these things. And they, the reason it's so violent is because they kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And these executives <laughs> would be like, okay, okay, you can have that one, but Jesus Christ, don't stab them with all these, you know, like syringes. And uh, they were cracking up on the commentary. They're like, yeah, they basically told us that we could use one syringe. <laughs> oh, I love it. Could you imagine if they, those guys are allowed to make whatever they wanted back then? Oh, my God. We had like a rated R movie no one would have seen because no one who was it supposed to be for. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, th this is a special movie. Because this would have never been a big a hit if they would have made this rated R because kids couldn't watch it and get, you know, addicted to uh, to the Mogwais and Gizmo and everything. Yeah, the toys. Yep. And all the stuff that came out. Because I remember having a Gremlins uh, uh, notebook, like we had the Gremlins on the background, you know, where you put your papers in and everything. It was amazing. Binder, folder. Yeah, binder. There we go. It's been a long time since I've been to Trapper school. Trapper Keeper. I remember I was so jealous of this one kid who had a Freddy Krueger Trapper Keeper. It's amazing. That's amazing. I had, a, I had like a Hulk Hogan WWF Trapper Keeper back then. Nice. Or it might have been Dukes of Hazard. I couldn't remember. Might have, like Dukes of Hazard might have been my lunchbox, and my Trapper Keeper was Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, that stuff was a so lot. much fun when we were kids. A lot of ripped dudes, huh, Brad? <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's better than monkeys. <laughs> and we're moving up. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Planet of the Apes and like that twist at the end where it was the Statue of Liberty and like, holy shit. I remember I'd probably like 10 years old or something. And like, this movie is fucking awesome. You're so fucking old. I know. It's like, <laughs> I hated that movie when I was a kid. It's like, these masks suck. This movie's boring. Why doesn't he put a shirt on? <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> Damn you all to hell. That'll end our only uh, Christmas movie we're doing this year. We well, we usually don't do Christmas movies, but uh, we are taking a break because we want to enjoy our own holidays. So we will be back somewhere in January, which reminds me I have to choose something out of the box. I'll be back. Ooh. All right, here we go. Everyone's is, favorite. Is that a Gremlins Christmas sweater? Yeah. Oh, nice. Tis the season. Here's everyone's favorite part when we draw a new theme out of the box for all of us to pick. And we've got a long time to choose. So January hopefully has some good ones. Here we go. I'm going to choose it right now. Our th oh, God, this sucks. Um, our theme to start out. Literally, this one sucks. Our theme to start out 2024 is vampires. Oh, I think Chris got Chris has the leg up in this genre. Is it yeah. the shitty's two or shitty two thousand shiny vampires somewhere with some new metal in the background? I, yeah, I mean, I we've there's so many to choose from. You can do whatever you want. This is basically we should choose what our favorite types of vampires are. That's the movie. Uh sexy vampires. John Carpenter's vampires. If you want, that's, that's what I was saying. That's a that's such a shitty movie, but it's good. Got some James Woods going just crazy in it. Yes. Apparently, he fucking sucks. Oh, he's a real piece of work. But he let he really let me know the war on Christmas, so it's okay. He's doing the good work. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he, they either kicked him off of Twitter or he ended up leaving because he said he was being censored or something. I don't know. Some crazy shit. Who cares? I think he's back uh, on again. He's back on. He? But it's still crazy. He's still, yeah, it's still crazy shit. Like there's microchips well, in the COVID vaccine. Well, the <laughs> owner of it is insane anyway. So I think anything goes over there. There's a meme. There's a meme where it's like that's going on. There's microchips in your COVID vaccine. And then there's like some Leonardo DiCaprio, like uh, imitating like an iPhone in your pocket. Like, <laughs> microchips are tracking us <laughs> the iphone is just laughing <laughs> oh that was a that was a fun episode i was getting a little worried at the beginning we were a little slow but we picked it up pretty pretty good so remember to be kind and rewind yeah, rewind